Hello and welcome to the Cold Coffee Club, a podcast brought to you by Houston Moms. We're here to give you a little bit of that mom-to-mom connection, fun, and conversation amidst all the chaos. Join us as we take a break from doing all the things and explore the wide spectrum of this crazy motherhood role. We'll interview fun guests, talk about cool grown-up topics, laugh, share, and grow together. So go ahead, reheat that coffee, and put your feet up. Here we go. Good morning. Welcome to the Cold Coffee Club. This is Ashley. Hey, this is Jenny. We are back, and today we are talking about something really fun. We're talking about sports, sports with our kids, being sports moms, all that good stuff. Um, But of course, before we get started, we are going to spill the tea. Jenny, do you have any tea for us this week? Yes. Um, My tea is that I I just feel like I've self-sabotaged myself a little bit, which is that with school starting again, I had like put off a bunch of things for when the kids went back to school. Mm-hmm. So I could do things on my own, like doctor's appointments and errands I needed to run. And I just really procrastinated. Mm-hmm. Um, and now <laughs> I am running around like a crazy person trying to do <laughs> yeah. a whole bunch of things in a very small window of time. Yeah. I'm so busy right now. I just feel so overwhelmed. Um, now, thankfully, I'm overwhelmed without having two additional people in the car needing yep. things. But man, have I set myself up for like, I have just a lot to accomplish. Yeah. So, um, oh, I think I can't d- decide if I made the right move or not waiting till the end of the month to get everything done. But um, yeah, thinking back, I thought like, man, maybe a couple of these things I could have done with the kids and not had all of my appointments in the yeah. same calendar week and working and, yeah. you know, managing regular life, but yeah, we're yeah. okay. Lessons learned. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? How's it going over there? I have air conditioning. Oh, so I'm that. so worried. <laughs> I, I really thought about it several times. Yes. Yes. It, uh, the, <sighs> so the day we recorded our last episode, they did come that day. Thank goodness. Thank and it was like, they were kind of like jerking around a little bit like, oh, well, I don't know if we can. I was like, no, 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 you can do this. Do I, it. <laughs> I just think in Texas, like in Houston at this time of year, I don't know that this can be like, a, oh, we'll get to it when we get to it. Like, oh, this needs yeah. to be a law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People yeah. have air conditioning. Oh gosh. Yeah. If you live in Minnesota, we don't, it's not a requirement. <laughs> it's fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. It was, it was a journey. Mm. we 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 made it though so that's good <laughs> it's like you crawled to the finish line to get in this house like because even you got in the house and it still yep. was like but still no you still yes. aren't gonna let me yep <laughs> yep you know I'm just I'm just happy to be here yes. I'm just trying to stay positive yes. but yeah no fails so, this week so that's um, good well that's amazing yes. and I do know we were talking about cream and sugar I know you have a really amazing cream and sugar <gasps> I'm so, so excited me. So excited. I saw some photographs and it looked amazing. So the Cook Shack in Katy um, hosted Houston Moms for a night just to get to try all of their amazing food. They just opened that location and we got to try everything and it was so good. So we, we met the owner, Mark Rogers, and he is 
the nicest person ever and he was just like listen here's all our stuff try everything we had margaritas which if you go you have to try the bougie margarita it is it's like a frozen blended margarita with um a shot of Chambord, I think, on the top. <gasps> no way. Yes. I love Chambord. Oh, I thought was... I saw the pictures. I thought it was sangria, but it's yeah, Chambord. It oh, was see. So good. I want one. Uh, yes. And then so they have amazing chicken sandwiches, chicken in general, and then they have like levels of spiciness. Um okay. and so we tried, we tried like a, a milder version, and then I was like, you know what? Let's step it up a notch. So we got to try the Texas hot. It was good, but I can't imagine eating an entire plate of it. Oh. It was just like, whoo, okay. Yeah. Like Megan and I, we had like lip sweat a little bit. We we're like, okay, that's intense. <laughs> check that box. You yep. did it. You check that box. They have another notch that people challenge themselves to try. And it's the AMF. And the owner said he tells his ch- children it means adios, my friend. But oh. the MF <laughs> does not mean my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it is. You are listening with little ears around. Yes, yes. it does mean adios, my friend. It means adios, my friend. Um, <laughs> but if just based on the Texas hot, I was like, I do not want to try that at all. That's like, funny. I would never do that to myself. Um, we got to try their kale salad, which was just, it was, there was just so much happening in that salad. I was just like, I could eat this every mm. day. It was mm-hmm. so good. So um Yes. So <laughs> it was delicious. Um, and everything they had, their ribs are literally fall off. Like we were trying to share the ribs and it was like falling off the bone, like passing it around. It was like, Oh no, this isn't going to work. It uh, and I just found out there's a location in spring, which is where uh, I just moved. So I will yay. be there. You will see me there often. Okay. Delicious. Okay. Um, so thank you again to the cook shack. Thank we loved it. Shack. We had a blast, lots of laughs and amazingly full tummies. We tried to take pictures before we ate and we got distracted. So <laughs> all of our pictures were like, everyone suck it in. We ate so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. So really That's good great. time. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so like Ashley said, we are talking today about sports having our mm-hmm. kids in sports and I'm actually did you play sports growing up like what is I your did. athletic background yeah <laughs> so uh early on I played softball but I was okay. in the outfield so I would like lay down and pick up Danny Lyons because six seven eight year old girls were not hitting into the outfield so okay. I ate sunflower seeds and picked Shocking. Danny Lyons <laughs> okay. um, but then I was a volleyball player uh all through middle and high school and a year in college I ran track forever um, it was not fun. I only liked it because I would win. And if I didn't win, I was like, why are we here? <laughs> well, I mean, winning is a fun thing, but it is. yeah. Yes. What okay. about you? Did you do sports? Um, no, I did not do sports. <laughs> like, not at all. <laughs> I was not, that was not my gifting. Um, I was the musical child. I was the artistic and musical child. Um, my parents said that it was just very clear early on that I was going to really tend to one direction. Yeah. Um, it was just, it, you know, I think with certain kids, you just know. Yeah. You just kind of And know. you don't like being hot. No. If I was going to do one, it would be an indoor Like sport, swimming. Which I'm going to tell you, like my kiddos, like as of right now, like the, the sports my kids have, are taking right now. Uh, Jack has done gymnastics. He's not in it right now. He's done Taekwondo. Both of those are indoor 
things yeah. and Ellie is in dance. Mm-hmm. So like, those are kind of our main sports. Now he is about to start soccer, which I am like gearing up for Cause I'm like, Ugh. but I'm like, it's an hour, you know, like we're going to be okay. Yeah. But I even as a sports mom prefer <laughs> to be in the, in the AC. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I can't do this forever, but as long as I get to choose for the time being, we're just going to gear yeah. ourselves towards the inside. Sports. Yes. Do yeah, your kids my... play anything? Like, are they doing anything? They are. We are gearing up for three people starting baseball. Okay. Yeah. It's they, so they only play on Saturdays and it'll literally be like, we'll be there all Saturday basically. Um, But they're all in one location, which is the perk. I'm like, that's good. Um, Yes. But I'm not looking for it. It stays Uh hot here. It stays hot. All it's like November, December. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous. I'm already like planning, like, should I get that little mesh thing that you put around your chair like it's like a mm-hmm. it's like a cube and you just mm-hmm. zip it up and like nothing no bugs get you I'm wondering if I can like put a fan in there and then like I, I bought a, the fan that goes around your oh neck. okay I'm gonna look for that I want like a mister yeah. I just want to be like alone in my little cube I love socializing but I feel like in that heat and in the sun I'm like no one talk I just I'm here to support we don't need to chat just not at all lightly not at all your children and I, I would like wine at baseball too mm-hmm. so I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna set that up it's gonna be great you just get yourself set up if you're gonna, gonna be there all day yeah. you need to just like show up with what you need yes. to make your day successful yep, yep. I'm Back already working it out snacks yes. yeah well, and that's so I, we talked today, um, we have two interviews for mm-hmm. you today with two coaches. Um, and our first one that we're going to play for you here in a second is with Allison Merrill, coach Allison Merrill. Allison is a volleyball coach. She has been a varsity volleyball coach for 15 years. She's been at Tompkins high school since it opened in 2013. Um, Tompkins has made the playoffs for five consecutive seasons. They've won two district championships. They've been to the regional quarterfinals twice. Last year, Tompkins was the undefeated district champs, and they finished the season 36 and five. Wow. Uh, this year, they are off to a terrific start, beginning the season 13 and one. They are currently the top ranked team in the Houston area, according to the Houston Chronicle and Vibe Magazine. In 2017, Allison was named the Greater Houston Volleyball Coach of the Year. Wow. Uh, but she does all of this while raising four children. Oh, so goodness. You know. Anyways, we had a really great talk about just like the sport of volleyball and also just raising kids who play, play sports. So let's go ahead and roll that interview. Awesome. Here's Allison. All right. I am here with coach Allison Merrill. Allison is um, volleyball coach right now at Tompkins High School. Allison, how long have you been at Tompkins? Uh, 10 years, uh, the day that it opened. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Has it already been open 10 years? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. Okay. So, and on top of being like an amazing volleyball coach, you also have four children. So (laughs) what are their ages? (laughs) And like, tell me like what's going on over there at your house. Yeah, absolutely. Brooklyn is my oldest. She's 15. Um, Drew is about to be 14. Adeline is nine going on 40. Yeah. And, um, yep. And Mason is seven. So, um, we got a whole lot of hormones going in this house and a whole lot of play and controlled chaos. 
okay. is, is the best way to describe what goes on in our house. <laughs> so that's three girls and a boy. And is that, does everyone play sports? Is everyone in something? Yes. Um, okay. Brooklyn, Drew, and Adeline are all volleyball. Okay. Um, Addie has a little interest in tennis. So okay. um, we're going to explore that a little bit. Um, Mason loves to work out. Like that's his jam. Um, we haven't found for sure, like what he was going to want to do. Um, yeah. we've tried soccer, we've done baseball, we've done basketball. Um, and he loves all of them. He's not drawn to one specific thing. So until he kind of shows real interest in one over the other, we're just going to keep shuffling them through and, and see what he wants to do. I love that. And I love like, that's kind of what we're talking about today is like kind of helping your kids like find where they grow. If that's what kind of what they're, where their heart is. I mean, I, am not an athletic kid. And like, I kind of found, I, I talked about like, I'm one of um, three girls and my two older sisters like did like some like kid team sports when they were little, like, you know, their little youth soccer team or whatever. I never, ever played a team sport. And I asked my mom once, like, why did you, like, why was I not ever in that? And she goes, honey, we just knew. <laughs> I was the music kid. Hey. I did like piano and choir and theater. And she was like, we just, we, we just knew. And I was like, well, thank I you. That. I love that. Though. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. So I guess I want to talk a little bit about volleyball. And I know that's kind of your whole world, but if, if, if a parent when it, you know, thought like, oh, like my kid seems like they kind of looks like they have some knack for that. Like how old should you, should a child be when they start playing volleyball? Is there something where you think they're too young for it or kind of what is yeah. the age range? I mean, I think growing up in Houston, um, you know, everybody wants to put their kid in something really early and like lock them in. I'm a big fan. I've tried everything um, in elementary school, kind of see what you're drawn to. Um, what, what are their passions? And then kind of, guide them maybe in that direction I think with volleyball specifically um you need you need to try it out in elementary school you need to kind of see like um put them in a camp put them in a clinic put them in you know just some different things honestly play in the backyard with them you know like yep. if they're constantly saying mom will you pass with me dad will you pass with me then that kind of gives you some ideas of like, they really kind of like this. Let's, mm -hmm. let's explore this option. So, okay. um, you know, I would definitely say elementary school is a great time to try it out. I would not get into like super serious about volleyball, like hardcore, like this is what you're going to do. You're not going to do anything else. I think you've got to be more well-rounded than that. Um, with a, try a bunch of different things. Cause you don't know who, who's going to grow. Who's, you know, like, what their skill set is, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, a whole bunch of things in junior in elementary school. So, okay. and then how late is kind of too late to start the sport? Like, is it? Yeah, you know, if you, I mean, I I'm mean, sure. Like, if you're a high school coach, like you're, you can't have like a ninth grader that's like, I would like to be on the team, and I started playing six months ago. <laughs> like, is that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you gotta have to gauge your your child's athleticism. Sure. Um because volleyball is skill-based but also very athletic and so if you've got a kid who has never touched a ball before but they're just oozing athletic ability sure we get we can teach the skill they're going to be behind but we can teach the skill um so i mean too late i mean i think again 
try things out an I nine league or, you know, a, a prep Academy or, you know, just get an idea of like what they're into in elementary school. And then if they really are liking it, I would say go the club route, like sixth grade. Cause if you wait until seventh grade to like say, I really love volleyball. Um, it's going to be a hard road for okay. a little bit. And if they right. love it, then they can catch up. But right. you know, we all want our kids to, to not, I don't know, be timid or fearful of, of trying something new and putting them in a situation where they can be successful. So right. um, I think it's really hard on the kids that have really never played volleyball and, but they want to try out in seventh grade. That That's a hard, that's a hard move. Right. And that's, I'm sure hard too, when it's like, if they are joining a team where everybody has been playing for five years, you know, and they're, yeah, and they're new at it, but you want them to love something. And so right. whatever that love is, you just got to foster that. How do you see moms best support their student athletes? And like, when can it cross the line into pushing? Yeah, <laughs> You know, I think, you know, I, again, coming from like a arts background, like, you know, we would call that a stage mom that can maybe like, yeah. we're going to maybe make it where we're putting a little too much pressure, like kind of talk to about that a little bit. When, when can we maybe go too far? I, I think as long as kind of the rule in our house is as long as you're having fun, we're okay. And so the second that it becomes not fun and it's more of a job or a chore, something's got to change, whether that's mom and dad, the kid, the sport itself. I think that for me is the breaking point because if they're passion filled and having fun, you, you can push. Do you want to go to a private lesson? Do you want to go to this camp? Do you, you know, like you provide more opportunities when there's passion that is evident. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you're like pushing them out the door to go to practice, there's an issue, you know? So um, yeah, I think you've just got to find that balance and always make sure that it's fun. And, you know, it's fun to talk about. We talk a lot of volleyball in our house, um, but sometimes you need to do other things and talk about other things. And we get so laser focused sometimes on what the kids are doing and are they successful? Are they the best? All, you know, all of those things that we strive for as, as parents, what we want for our kids, but sometimes we have to live in reality and that all of our kids are not going to be the very best, but that doesn't mean that they can't be successful in the sport. Hmm. Oh, I love that. Well, and I think, you know, sometimes even they, their talent is there. Um, but you're exactly right. Like, even if they, they might be very good at something, but that doesn't necessarily mean they love doing that. And I've seen over and over again, whether it's in my own home or friends of mine, that it's like if, over the years, their kids passion for something might fade away. And as a parent, you might be going like, no, but you're so good at this. <laughs> it's like right. wanting to push and push them. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't always mean that doesn't equal that this is what they desire. You know, this might right. not be what they well, want. Well, and I feel like house. for us, I mean, obviously, um, Brooklyn's a varsity athlete mm -hmm. who plays, you know, year round, Drew plays year round. Um, you know, I constantly say, do you need a break? Do you need a break? Mm -hmm. And I, I want them to be honest with me. I want a very open line of communication because you don't want them to resent you for making them do something that they don't want to do. Right. Um, you don't want them to not love the sport or love <laughs> what they're doing. Right. So, well, how can you tell um, whether it's in your own house, like a, as a mom, or even just when you're looking at your, your players on your team, 
what are some signs that you can like kind of recognize that maybe one of your players has too much on their plate? I think obviously fatigue is probably one of the, one of the big signs and that's mental fatigue as well. So Mm -hmm. I know for us as, um, as coaches, they're expected to go from seven 30 in the morning until two o'clock in school, grinding away at their homework, at their quizzes, at their tests, trying to get ahead for the next day. And then we expect a solid two hours of being focused on point. And sometimes as a coach, you have to take a moment, say, go get a water break, or do you need a snack? Or, you know, like, what do we need to do to get you in the right frame of mind to be successful at what you're doing? Mm -hmm. So um, I think you just, again, it's communication. It's reading your kids, knowing, you know, like, man, they practiced until 9.30 last night and I'm asking them to come back up at six this morning. Like how much am I, am I pushing them too much? And that's a conversation at Tompkins that we have within our staff all the time of like, when do they need a break? Just trying to prevent the burnout, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to have fun. Um, if you're not having fun and you're getting stressed, um, you know, your body's breaking down, whatever it is, um, you got to take some time. Well, so, and that whatever. will affect so many other areas, you know, it's a trickle down and it'll affect their, Absolutely. their um, grades, it'll affect their relationships, it'll, you know, it can affect your body, you know, it can affect yeah. so much. So I love that y'all pay attention to that. And um, we got a question and I thought this was interesting and um, said, my child has played a sport for years and their teammates continue to excel and get better, but my child seems to be struggling season after season. How do we know as parents if we should help them get better and keep training and persevere through that? Or if maybe this sport just isn't maybe their thing? You see, especially when you're, if you play volleyball and you play volleyball year round, you're going to see kids maybe who are newer to the sport. You're going to see them take these huge giant leaps. Um, and then you're saying, why is my kid not making that leap? As parents that we can do is not play this comparison game of, of this kid versus my kid, um, you know, in all aspects of sports, but the kid is in love with the game and, um, they really want, this is my drive. This is my passion. This is what I want to do. Um, you know, you, you get on private lessons you do, you know, all the things, some speed, agility training, whatever it may be, um, that they are in need of and, um, you know, give them, give them that opportunity and hopefully they, they start to excel or see growth in those areas that they need to. Um, I think again, a lot of times when a kid doesn't see the growth that they need to, and it's over an extended amount of time, Mm -hmm. they're going to kind of lose some interest as far as like, this is, I don't know if I really want to play volleyball anymore or, (laughs) you know, whatever sport it is. And nobody likes to be beat out. Nobody likes to not be, you know, feel like they are successful. Sure. But I think if those conversations are happening, you, you have to kind of really sit down and think, is this really what is in the best interest of my kid? Mm -hmm. Is there something else they could do to fulfill that self-confidence to be successful? It has to be communication between parent and athlete. And it can't be as soon as you, you play a game and you lost or you won and it's this high emotional thing, you got to step back, give it a day and then have some mm. conversation about 
where you are. You can't rush into emotional decisions about this kind of stuff. That's so wise to not do it like both in the highest of high. Cause yeah, like if you win, then you're going to be like, this is the best thing that I've ever done in my whole life. And I never want to quit, right. I, you know? Right. And again, if you, if you just have an epic loss or you missed a shot and everyone is mad at you, <laughs> then you don't ever want to, that's not the time to be like, I quit. I'm done. I'm out. Right. Yeah. Well, I also wanted to mention, because I know obviously like you're in the thick of volleyball season right now, but in the summer, talk real quick about your volleyball camp in the summer. I want you to mention that. Absolutely. Um, this last summer, we offered um, Merrill Volleyball Camp for <laughs> um, third grade through sixth grade. We offered two different weeks of that. And we also okay. offered um, kindergarten through second grade in one week. Okay. Um, man, those kids <laughs> have my heart. I mean, like, as as much as it's like you know hurting cats sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about do they can they fall in love with the game yeah and can we spark the interest that they want to keep learning and so number one it's got to be a whole heck of a lot of fun and yeah. we got to keep them moving and we got to you know I can't tell you like even as kinder in first grade second grade there's light bulb moments in those you know four days of like oh my gosh, this is how you pass the volleyball, you know? So it's, it's super that. fun. It, it just fills my cup. Um, those two weeks of just pouring into the kids. It's really, I, obviously I love volleyball and I love the high school age, but there's nothing like the elementary that just light bulb moments that happen right in front of you. And you're like, you're going to get it. You're, well, you're going to get it. And you don't often, I'm sure get to like teach the very basic fundamentals of volleyball. I mean, you get girls that come to you that are already players, you know, and to right. like get people right. coming to you that you're like, this is how you, you know, uh, my daughter, she did uh, a volleyball unit just in PE and in, in school. And she came to me, she's like, mom, do you know that you don't hit it with this part? You hit it with your arm. I was like, yes, I, I actually do know that. But she was so excited to me. She was like, look, the, I think she's always thought that you hit it like kind of with your thumbs. So I was like, no. Yeah. But it well, was one cute. of the coolest things about camp is that my, my graduating seniors or maybe a year out of graduating, they come back and oh. they want to pour into the babies. And it's like, I love it's so amazing to watch the older girls just yeah. pour into them and be like, oh my gosh, I was like this, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And so it's, it's really, really fun. It's such a family fun week, you know, That's for precious. me, it's like the alum are back and, and it's just amazing. I love it. Amazing. Well, we will uh, put a link um, in our show notes to like that. And we'll make sure like next summer we'll mention it too. But thank awesome. you so much for talking with us. Oh my gosh, and it's so fun. Yes. It's so fun. Okay. Thank, you. thank you. And good luck with the rest of your season. We'll be following it. Thank you. Awesome. That was, that was really cool. Um, I don't know if I mentioned to you before that I used to coach volleyball. And so like, I love hearing about volleyball. I love, I love everything about it. So yeah, that was and very hearing cool. Someone that is so passionate yes. about what they do is, I just love hearing people talk about what they love. Yeah. And speaking of passionate people, we're going to go right into our next interview, which we're going to talk to a coach of a different kind. Um, we're going to talk to a dance teacher, a dance coach, and you might be thinking, well, dance, that is not a sport. Well, let's listen to what <laughs> Rachel Berry has to say about that. Um, Rachel, um, has over 30 years of experience in all styles of dance, including tap jazz ballet and hip hop. 
She's a studio trained dancer. She has competed at competitions at a regional and national level. She is a former um, Tyler College Apache Bell and has served on their alumni board. She earned her bachelor's degree from the University of Central Oklahoma, where she was a member of their comm squad. Are you serious? She is, I went uh -huh. to UCO. Oh, oh well, my look gosh. At that. <laughs> she is currently the competition director at Julie Holly School of Dance, where she has taught for over 15 years. She continues to teach and choreograph and judge um, for dance teams across the Houston area. She has won multiple choreography awards for her work, and she loves sharing her passion for dance while instilling a hard work ethic in her students. She and her husband, Parker, live in Katy, along with their daughters, Emma and Lizzie. Um, oh. So... I'm excited that y'all have that connection. That is but so weird. Um, I know that's so funny. Well, let's play uh, that interview with Rachel. And I think you're going to learn a lot if you don't already know about the sport of dance. So here's Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Thanks so much for being with us today. Super excited to be here. My pleasure. Well, we are talking about kids in sports and being the mothers of kids in sports, which first of all, you, uh, you have two kiddos. How old are your girls? Yeah, my girls are 10 and uh, six. Okay, so fine. Very active, busy little girls. Yes. And you are a dance teacher, a dance coach. And I think what some of our listeners might be thinking like, well, that is not a sport. And would you like to correct them on maybe what makes a dancer an athlete? Can you speak to that a little bit? Um, yeah. So, um, you know, dancers definitely exude, have to have some athletic ability, you know, mm -hmm. but when I think athlete, you know, I think strength, power, agility, uh, body awareness, mm -hmm. muscle awareness, um, and just raw, you know, muscular movement type things. So a lot of things go into dance, but a lot of it does have to do with your athletic ability in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. The power and the yes. training and the, and the muscular structure and the work that you have to put in just into your body in order mm -hmm. to do some of those movements absolutely um, is everything, yes. you know, taking care of your body, especially as an adult dancing, you know, your mm -hmm. body's getting older. It doesn't respond. It doesn't recover as quickly. So, so you really have to think of yourself as a trained professional athlete because you have to focus on your nutrition. You have to focus on your, your rest, your recovery, your, okay. your you know, your muscle endurance and, so and they all put of that in the workouts. Like, oh, absolutely. Put, I mean, it's not just dance class. I mean, they're absolutely. In. Yeah. A lot of resistance and a lot of strength training, you know, the older I get, you know, just yeah. to continue <laughs> teaching dance, I, I find that I really have to take care of, of my body even more than when I was younger, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I've heard some people say, Oh, I'm going to wait and put my daughter in or my child. And when they're older, like, what do you think is like the ideal age that a child should begin taking dance? Um, I think it's all dependent on the child. I do think that as we know, as moms, every kid is different. Um, I would say the age between four and six, you know, um, I'm not really, I'm not really sure how much, you know, dance training is going to be, um, retained, you know, from that Got early it. on. Um, but I do think there's so many great things about starting your child early, as early as possible, um, getting them on the stage, you know, it's a different, 
um, being in the studio is one thing, but when, you know, we have a recital every year, you know, and they have to get on the stage and they have to be under those lights and there's people in the audience and they have to know when to go on and when to go off. And, and so there's a lot of things that, um, that go along with, you know, quote unquote, being in dance or being a dancer other than just going weekly, you know, and taking class, sure. but you know, potty, you have to be potty trained. You have to be able to follow <laughs> simple instructions and, you know, and just some basic things. Um, so definitely, but I do think that it, you know, that any kind of introducing kids to music, you know, and movement can always benefit. I mean, it's always beneficial, you mm -hmm. know, it's always important to develop that side of the brain um, for children, of, you know, as early as four. So that's what I recommend. Well, and I'm not a dancer, but I do have a music background. And I think starting kids early too, it helps them develop that feeling of beat and feeling oh, rhythm, yeah. you know, oh, and yeah. like understanding like, yeah, you know, to be able to count on beat and things yeah. like that. I think because oh, yeah. sometimes you feel like as they get older, sometimes I just, I know it can, but sometimes I feel like that can't be taught. Um, when there's certain, I know some grown men that just can't clap on a beat. I know. And I just I know. Like, okay, come on. You I know. Can do it. And find the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They exactly. couldn't find it if they had, yeah, a magnifying glass for sure. Yeah. This was a question that came in, which was someone asked my child takes dance. They're seven years old. And I love this mother's honesty. She said, they're just not very good. Uh, oh. Can that skill develop over time? Can a bad dancer at age seven become a good dancer? Or should we just move on to something else? You know, what is your expectation? You know, what are what is your expectation? Is your daughter enjoying herself? Is she coming out of class crying? Um, is she in a class where maybe the dancers are not kind of on or even around her same level? Um, is she in a class of younger? Is she in a class of older? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what, what instruction is being taught? You know, is she being taught developmentally, you know, starting and then the next week they're building, the next week they're building. I mean, I don't think she, you can really peak at seven and I don't think really you can say, hey, this is not for me at seven. I think you just have to give, you know, just kind of have that conversation with your daughter. Like, wow, I see that you really love dance, or I'm really kind of feeling that I see you don't love dance, you know? So should, mm -hmm. would you like to try something else? Or, mm -hmm. so I think it really just depends on, on the situation. I mean, at seven, I mean, what is, I mean, this is like a first grader we're talking about yeah. and that mind body connection has not quite fully made it there yet. Sure. That body awareness, that spatial awareness, you know, this is the front of my body. This is the side of my body. This is where I turn over my right shoulder. Do they know they're right from their left? I mean, <laughs> other right. my first grader other cannot right. even tie her shoes yet. I'm like, come on, you've got to tie your shoes, you know, so we're working on it. But yeah. so I think that that's a, that's a huge you know, you know, I think just kind of write it out, see how they do. If they're having a good experience and it's good in any way, then I think value can be added to their life by being in dance, but I don't want it to be a negative experience. So if she's coming out of there crying every week, then, you know, maybe ask her, say, Hey, you're struggling. It's okay. Give yourself some grace, give yourself some time, you know, keep working hard, keep trying. I mean, those are the lessons that I think so a seven-year-old kind of needs to not sure. learn, but here, you know, as moms, I think you want your kid to, you want your kid to have fun. You want them to do well. You yeah. also, I know as parents, when you watch your kids play sports, you also don't want to waste time and money 
Absolutely. Sometimes you're like, are we just putting, are we just like forking out yeah. money in the They're like, this, no one's, this isn't good for my kid. This isn't good yeah. for the, you know, whatever the coach that's coaching them yeah. in basketball when my kid has sure. a basket in three years, you know, you start sure. to go like, where do you sure. draw the line? But I also think there's such a, there's such a hard spot too, of wanting to persevere yeah. and encourage your kid to go keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Yeah. Um, and I think that's hard to know. Sometimes it really like is when, and I think coaches sometimes don't know how to say like, this is not for you. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you know, Jen, I think that's one of the things about dance that I think is, can be so great because mm -hmm. like, like at the beginning of this conversation, we talked about the athletic ability, you know, but there's the whole flip side, you know, there's that artistry, mm. there's that joy, there's that performance. There's those mm -hmm. kids that just like to shake it and just have fun. <laughs> and I think that dance can really appeal to both. You know, you have those kids that like want to feel that challenge. They want to do those cool tricks. And you have kids that are like, I just want to get out there and just have hip hop or, or just emotionally, you know, connect. So, so I think that there's so many good you know, there's mm -hmm. just not one way and there's not one type of dancer. And I think that that's important to remember. I also um, wanted to ask a little bit about um, boys in dance. You know, I know that obviously if you look at probably the average dance studio, you're going to have a higher quantity of girls than boys, but I do know that boys are taking, and I, I know that, um, there are incredibly talented boys who take uh, dance uh, and their abilities yeah. to, um, you know, what they are able to do is so some of the skills they're doing are very different than what girls are doing. And I just kind of wanted yeah. you to speak a little bit to, you know, if there is a mom out there that's like, Hey, my kid seems really talented in this. Like, where is their place right now? Like kind of, where do you think that they are, um, excelling in and you know, what, what is your kind of overview of boys and dance? Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I love it. You know, men have boys and men have obviously different body compositions. So it's nice to be able to do fun, different things. Um, I would be very careful on studio selection. Um, you don't want your son dancing in a way that may not, in my opinion, be the, the male role, you know? So if you, uh, I, I think boys, you know, in dance can offer like just a cool dynamic. Right. Um, so, but I think that, I think it's great. I, I'm all for guys in dance. I, I love, I love some of my favorite dancers are, are male dancers, yeah. Gregory Hines, Savion Glover, Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire. I mean, come on, mm -hmm. like, you know, just, just to name a few incredible. I love that. And I think dancers. I'll see boys that do tap and oh, I'm like, that is just the coolest. Like yeah. so that's a good party trick. Yeah. To, uh, uh, <laughs> And hip hop, you know, boys yes. love hip hop. It's just mm -hmm. fun and it's, it's exciting. And it's, and, and if boys want to do dance, I, I think they should totally, you know, be allowed not only allowed, but like encouraged, you know, mm -hmm. because that means that they're wanting to fuel that side of them, that creative side. And I think that it's, that it's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Well, how do you feel like, you know, the, you know, I know you, you've been in dance. We talked about in your, in your introduction for 30 years or more, how do you feel like dance has changed? <laughs> um, like, especially for kids, you know, based on let's even call it 
15 years ago till now. I mean, this wasn't a question I prepared you for, but um, as far as like, you know, as parents and, you know, as you, I know you have a child in their two children in dance. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything that you feel like they, that we are doing really well with kids in dance right now or things that you wish we would be doing better at with, with our dancing kiddos? Yeah. Um, you know, I not only teach where I teach for a reason, but my kids take dance at the studio where I teach for, you know, for a reason. Um, so I would say that dance is getting a little bit, um, a little bit away from the artistry. Um, and, and it's really focusing on more like that athletic side we talked about Mm -hmm. earlier. Um, and I think it, the beauty of dance is that it has to be a, it has to be a blend, you know, and there, there has to be, um, you know, not only am I teaching kids dance, but I'm trying to teach them like a love of music and a love of dance history and just a love of the arts in general. And so when you are only teaching to just the athletic side or only to the kids that only have that strength and that certain body type or that athletic ability, then I think you're really missing what dance is all about. Mm. Dance is about connection and performing. And, um, it's just, uh, it's, it, it's just, yeah, there's just, it's just really, it's, it's interesting because kids are getting burned out by the the age of nine and 10, because all they've done is, you know, focused on tricks or mm-hmm. they've only done this style and they're not being exposed to musical theater jazz and they're not being exposed to tap. I mean, there are literally studios in the area that do not teach tap. And that is just, that's insane to me. Like, <laughs> I don't, I just, I, that's so, that's so foundational to me. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's just so different. You know, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. there's one, there's more than one way for sure, but, but there's so much, um, I think being missed out, you know, our our parents, I I think that, that come to our studio, they are not focused on an an award won at a competition, or they are not focused on how many turns their daughter can do. They are focused on, I want them to have a good education. Mm -hmm. I want them to learn how to dance. I want them to learn different styles and different music and learn how to move their bodies in a way that is in, is impressive and important. And yes, tricks are important, but I mean, we were just talking about, you know, how kids have no idea, like they're right from their left or what muscles. And I mean, I remember getting older, like high school age and, and really starting to do some of those harder skills that really takes a lot of, of, you know, muscle and, Mm stability and core and body control. And I mean, I would, I was hitting the gym. I mean, I was working out to help me with my skills and I don't know how many eight, nine, 10 year olds, you know, should be going to the gym, you know, but there's also things that, you know, learning at a young age that the reason I think it's also important to dance, you know, if you want to dance and get in there early, you know, like we've talked about, but the more you can learn about your body, musical musicality, and and the sooner you can learn how to work that plie and point those feet and stretch those arms and use all that kind of stuff, then later on it's just all that extra stuff. Like the sprinkles on the cake are those tricks. Let to me have you know, it in there already. Yeah, like it's already in your toolbox. So so I I think that we're getting away from we're just getting really away from you know 
And I think just as a whole, we're getting away from age appropriateness, you know, um, yeah. whether it be with music, whether it be with costuming, whether it be with choreography. I mean, yeah. So I think understood, you know, so yeah, anyway. we've all, we've all seen yeah. a video a time or two. Yeah. And we're like, wow. Um, well, and I that's love, just, yeah, that's I mean, just, that's unfortunate for me, you know, that as someone that grew up in dance and lo- looks only back at her childhood as it being awesome. Now was, did I ever leave dance sometimes frustrated and crying? Yeah. Cause I cared, you know, and I was, <laughs> right. and I was just that kind of kid. So, so yeah, but I, I look back at dance, you know, in, as a kid and it was just some of the best times of my life. And I didn't peak at the age of 10, you know, <laughs> cause I had learned everything that, you know, right. is humanly possible to do with my body, you know, and, and then hurt yourself in the process. And now you are yeah. injured and you can't do anything else after yeah. that, you know, I love yeah. that. Well, so, this has been amazing. And I want you to tell everyone where can they follow your dance studio? Like what's kind of what's name, name your studio and kind of tell us where we can follow everything there. Yeah. So, um, I teach dance at Julie Holly school of dance in Katie, um, kind of on highway 90 past Katie high school. I've been there for, ooh, I want to say 16, almost 17 years now. Um, Miss Julie, the owner is, um, incredible shout out to Miss Julie. Um, Facebook is J-H-S-O-D. And then the Instagram is the same, um, J-H-S-O-D. So great. Well, we will link that in the show notes. Um, But this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. So that was Rachel. And she has just so many great things to say about dance. Every time I talk to her about dance, I learn something new that I never knew before. And it's just really cool to hear someone that's been in an industry for as long as she has um, talk about things that like, you kind of don't know about a world that you're not in until you're in yeah. it, you know? So yeah, it's, really cool. it's, it's funny. I've been watching dance moms lately. I've been having like little marathons and I've been having a blast <laughs> watching those kids and like watching them grow up and their technique and all that. So it's really, it's kind of fun and serendipitous yeah. that we're talking to a dance yes. teacher and the fact that she's I a UCO Bronco She's, yes. she's got my heart. <laughs> well, good. I'm going to have to introduce y'all. I know y'all will be fast friends. Yes. Well, okay. So we're going to talk about our favorite things on the Houston Moms uh, website uh, mm-hmm. this week. So what is something that you really enjoyed or was powerful to you yeah. um, this week? So my house blend pick for this week is um, we have a collection post of all the posts Houston moms have done over the last five years regarding Hurricane Harvey. Um, So we're Mm -hmm. right at that five year mark. um, And we're, you know, all still going through a lot of the after effects of it. And so it was just kind of nice to go back and and think about where we were and where we we've, you know, come now. And then um, so I did that collection post. And then one of our contributors, Sean, just did a reflections on Harvey post. And she shared a lot of her um, journey and her, um, you know, her experience with Harvey. And so it was just really kind of interesting to see that that whole transition over the past five years. So, you know, that was a that was a crazy, devastating time for us all. But here we are five years later. I know it's amazing that it's been five years and this time of year is always crazy because my memories like on, you know, like the apps, the social apps will like start to fill in and tell me, um, you know, like things I was saying that day and, you know, it's always like a kind of a painful time and you can like feel that anxiety start to rise back up again. Yeah. Yeah. 
really important post. Well, I, my favorite post this week, also very important, um, was, uh, Mary wrote a post called it's time to trash crash diet culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm just loving that we, as women, especially, and I know this affects men as well, but as women, especially, we are kind of waking up to this idea that we don't have to do all of these things that we were yeah. kind of fed all the, th- you know, you would get these magazines that would tell you to do all these things. And, um, just this morning I read, um, that last year, um, there was a congressman who his wife passed away rather suddenly and an autopsy report has been, has revealed that she, um, was dehydrated, severely dehydrated. And they found in her system, a, um, white tea, a white tea leaf, um, which is like an herbal supplement Mm -hmm. that people will take sometimes to, I mean, it was like, she ingested like a fully, like it wasn't like a pill form. Like it seemed like it was Uh, like an actual leaf. Yeah. Um, and I just was thinking about like, I've done stuff like that before where like, if I have like a wedding coming up or something and I'm like, I need to lose 10 pounds in the next 30 days or, you know, and you like get online and you look up things. And I just, it makes me sad that we feel like we have to do things like that. And, um, anyways, after reading Mary's post earlier this week and then reading that article this morning, it just made me sad for this woman and it made me sad for her family. And, um, I absolutely think we can, we can do, we can free ourselves yeah. from that. So that's yeah. a really great article. For absolutely. Yeah. It's very important. All right. So every episode we wrap up with our see you later caffeinator. Jenny, do you have one for us? Yes, I do. And um, just an interesting fact about kids in sports. Yeah. Um, Roughly 35 million children play youth sports each season. Uh, 35 million children are signed up to play, but a staggering 70% of kids quit playing Hmm. by the age of 13. Um, There's no like exact reason because every child is different, but there are some are hypothesizing that um, it's whether it's pressure for the kids or it's just not fun anymore. Um. (laughs) <laughs> or that there's just, it's burnout that yeah. they get burned out because they go too hard, too fast. Yep. So yeah. Um, anyways, I just thought that was interesting. It is. 70% of them are, are done by the age of 13. And then it's yeah. just the kind of the, the remain, the remainder is those that are just roll, you know, the yeah. mega committed, but yeah, yeah, that is, well, we would uh, love to hear your thoughts. And I, we, uh, I, one thing we want to ask our listeners to do is subscribe to our yes. show. That would be super helpful to us is for you to hit subscribe and yes. to even leave a review in yes. um, Apple Podcasts. Is always yes. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Check us out on YouTube if you like. Spread the word. I mean, we we want to reach out to all Houston moms. <laughs> yes. yes. But we're thankful for our listeners yes. and we're thankful that... Um, we get to keep making this fun podcast. We enjoy making it and we enjoy hearing from you guys. So hope you'll have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Cold Coffee Club brought to you by Houston Moms. We wish you a fabulous week with your families and look forward to sharing many more cups of cold coffee with you.